Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is Marcus Murray from Black, Married, and Debt Free. And yes, you have heard correctly. Shira Murray and I have decided to step out into the podcast world to share with you some really, really dope content. For those of you who do not follow us on our YouTube channel, shameless plug, Shira and I are a 30-something millennial couple that paid off over $110,000 in debt in 2017. And we are passionate about sharing exactly how we did that with others. In this episode, we get to sit down with another black married and debt-free couple, Andre and Twilia. They'll be sharing with us exactly how they were able to pay off $1 million in less than 24 months. They'll also be talking about their recently released book, Power Moves. You don't want to miss this one. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Marcus from Black Married and Debt Free, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Shira. And we are happy to bring this episode to you. We're sitting down with Andre and Twilia. They, even me saying it is just crazy, but they paid off over a million dollars in debt in less than 24 months. And they're going to be sharing their story with us. Uh, They also just released their book, Power Moves. And they're going to be sharing, uh, you know, some stories from that book. They have a great story and we're here to learn more about it along with you all. So, Andre and Talia, we want to thank you guys for being on. Can you start by telling us and telling our listeners a little bit about you all? Oh, thank you for having us, first of all. We are so grateful for the opportunity to just share our story. Um, And thank you for allowing us to be on your platform. Um, So... I'm Twalia, and um, this is Andre, and we wrote this book after um, realizing the grueling journey that we were on um, just had so many different twists and turns, and we just thought, man, you know, if we were able to do this in the amount of time that we did it in, imagine um, how motivated someone else who may not have as much debt that we have Hmm. may be by hearing our story to know that it's possible to eliminate it, and it doesn't have to take you know, years on end to do it. Right. Uh, And part of the thing that was, that made this journey so much uh, of an adventure was the fact that we knew that with our own merits and our own skill set, it was not going to happen. It was truly God ushering us through this overall journey that made it that much more impactful. And it's continuing the the testimony of how great he is in our lives. And so we're excited to share that uh, as well. Yeah, that um, certainly came out in your in your book as you were reading through um your story is the way that your your faith has been a big part of your journey and how you credit your success you know to god and how he has been a big influence and i think that that's something that we want to explore a little bit more on today's podcast as well so if we can go back in time a little bit um before you started to knock out this debt can you tell can you share with us um what your debt consisted of so a majority of the debt was student loans. Um, I mean, that was probably the biggest part. That was the catalyst um, part, portion of the debt that really just made us feel like overwhelmed. So student loans was big. And when I say student loans, I'm not talking about, oh, we have a little 5,000 here, yeah. a little 10,000 here. Add a I mean, zeros in a yeah, mortgage <laughs> side student loans. Um, so we both have graduate degrees. Um, I have a master's and a JD. Dre has a master's, and then he's also been through um, 
a project management certificate program. So when um, we started attacking the debt, when we started looking at our student loans combined, we were like, man, this is crazy. Yeah. And then we actually put on paper, um, we had student loans, we had one car note, um, we had um, a rental property debt, and then we also had our main home, which was our mortgage. And so all of that together when we put on paper was over a million dollars. And we it shocked us, you know yeah. what I mean? We paid on our you know debts, we didn't have credit cards, we weren't out there just like spending like crazy or anything like that. Um, like running up credit card bills, but when you actually put it on paper, it's, like the debt, we were like, that reality this is, is a crazy. gut punch. Right. Um, and if I can add in, you know, part of the, the catalyst on top of the student loans is that we work very hard. Like she has her own law practice amongst other entrepreneurial efforts. I work like a million jobs. And <laughs> at the end of the month, it was just so disheartening to know that you're grinding constantly. And then when you look at your savings account, you're like, nothing really shows that I'm working as hard as I am. And we had savings. I mean, you know, like, because for real, I, we had a cushion savings and I felt really comfortable that if something were to happen, you know, we'd be all right. We were not going to go under. But when you look at the savings compared to the debt, right. you know what I mean? That's when the rubber was hitting the road. It was like, yeah, we might have a few thousand in savings and you might think you're doing something. But when you look at it, like, we're still like a million dollar detonators. We're not. Right, right, right. <laughs> we're like, we're here we are, you know, trying to like leave a legacy for our family, but we're a, we're a million dollars in the red, right. you know? And that was disheartening. Yeah. And uh, it kind of motivated us like a lot. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> yeah, so here you are, you have degrees, you're doing well um, in your career, but you have this huge amount of debt. So what was it that really um, started your journey towards debt freedom? So, you know, after I had my son, our, our son was an unexpected child, you know? Surprise, baby. So yes, he just kind of like pushed his way through this world, like here I come, ready or not. And um, that brought a lot of feelings for me. I would say that I was the one who really pushed us towards this journey, you know? Um, because the thought of having another child that we hadn't planned for, and I'm a big planner. I'm all about, you yes. know, before we do anything, I'm like, okay, what's the plan? What's the spreadsheet? You know what I mean? Like, we need to plan ahead. We're not, you know. How many, how many other jobs do I got to get? Right. Like, you know, I, that's the kind of person I am. So here we are having this unexpected event happen. And I'm like, man, you know, we're already working hard trying to, you know, get the kids' college funds. Now we have another kid. We need a college fund for that. And so the financial piece was really weighing on me that this was going to be another financial piece to our our life. And so when I started thinking about that, it was a really overwhelming for me to think about, you know, the fact that we've had these two loans that, you know, we were hoping at one point would get knocked out by the um, forgiveness. forgiveness, right? So, um, but then, you know, it just wasn't lighting up. Like in 10 years, our daughter who's seven will be getting ready to go to college. So we'd be pregnant you know? reset button on that. So all of that was kind of, it was real overwhelming when I started thinking about it. And it, it was so overwhelming that I was talking to my new stranger neighbor about it, you know, which yeah. is odd to me. Cause I mean, like I just met them right. <laughs> here they are holding my baby. And I'm like, yeah, and we have these student loans and it's just, you know, overwhelming. My husband's gone. I was emotional wreck. I just had the baby. And so, and he, you know, instead of looking at me like I was crazy, he gave me Dave Ramsey's book, 
You know what I mean? Like, they could have been like, ooh, this, you know. That's a hot mess. <laughs> like, you know, like, dang, you're in financial trouble. Or anything. Get out. Just so the house. I, know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, they were just our neighbors. Like, we, we had moved in in October. And we bought, and this at this time, it was like the March time, March, April right. time frame. So he could have, I mean, they could have looked at us all kind of crazy. Like, you know, we got these new black neighbors. They're right. young. They got here's kids. A fruit, here's a fruit you know? cake. And <laughs> but then he gave me Dave Ramsey's book. And I kind of got guilted into reading it. You know what I mean? Like, at first I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't have time. But I was like, I don't want to be embarrassed. You know, I already went over there <laughs> talking about how we got these student loans. And then, you know, he hands me a book and I don't even take the time to open it. So um, that's how it all got started. And then, you know, I just got on fire and just started talking to Andre about it. Yeah, because I was away at military duty. And she calls me telling me about this book. And I'm thinking, I'm in the middle of Wichita Falls, Texas, which is nowhere. Right. And hearing my wife telling me, I'm calling about the kids, and she's telling me the son's doing well, but this book, this book, this book, you got to read it. I'm like, I'm just waiting to get out of Wichita Falls, Texas. Right. And then when she came, when I came home, that's when she was just really on top of really getting the boat rolling on this whole debt elimination campaign. So, gotcha. yeah, but it was very very much her her effort for pushing it forward. So, so now, Andre, you kind of touched on it, but can you speak to a little bit more uh, how it was like when you when you came home and uh, Tulia is excited about, you know, this new journey? How, how did you receive it at first? Was it was there any pushback or did you just kind of hop right in and get on board with it? I would say there was some reluctancy because, you know, I've always been like, OK, yeah, we manage our money well. There's no big issues. And as a husband, father, and friend, I'm like, I'm just gonna work more jobs. I'm just gonna go ahead and try to grind it out. But there's only so many hours in a day before there's a trade-off of how much money you're trying to make and how what quality of life do you have with your family. So when she was telling me about it, I kind of brushed it off like, okay, yeah, another book, the neighbors, whatever. I'm now back at home, getting ready to go to my new job to grind it out. And then as I read the book, I said, okay, it seems kind of extreme and radical, um, but she was very much foot stomping it, always like, baby, we got to do this, baby, we got to do this. And at one point I was just like, well, if we don't do it now, then we ain't never going to do it. Because <laughs> these student loans, these student loans, I'm telling you, it is like borderline criminal uh, how we got swooped into this. Because at some point it was like we were, we were accumulating more in interest accrued than what we took out, at least for me. Wow. And so that was like, excuse me? Come again? Yeah, so. I think at one point, um, right before we started the journey, I called in um, because it was time for us to get our, um, what are they, income base? Income base renewal, yeah. where they check how much you made the year before to say, nope, we're gonna spike it up a few more dollars. Right. And then like, okay, well, we have to put a forbearance on so we process the paperwork and we have to let you know that um, your student loans are gonna be earning $1,000 in interest per month. I was like, a thousand dollars in interest per month? Like, I mean, if that's not a wake up call, right. you know, that, I right. mean, I don't know what is. Like, a thousand dollars in interest every month. Meanwhile, your payment may have been like 200 bucks. So oh. you're still in the red, $800 every single month. And until that the earns next, interest. And that earns interest. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. wow. So you're, you're, in te you're in Texas, you arrive home, um, you have this book. And so, where do you start? So how, tell us about your discussion around crafting out this plan for how you would start to attack the debt. 
Okay. So we had just bought our house. So we didn't have a huge margin. And I think when you start to, when we start to think about like what was making the uncomfortable feeling was like, you know, the fact that there were other things that we needed to save for. We still want to give our kids the quality of life that we had, you know, desire for them to have. Um, but then our margin wasn't as large as what we felt our need was. So we're trying to figure out, okay, where else can we like cut and save and, you know, take money from, but we were already running like a really lean machine, right. you know, outside of our travel, which is something that we really enjoy doing. And then, you know, just like having some money to spend on a splurge on ourselves when we get paid rather than all our money going to savings and all of our money going to bills, right. you know, but to actually be able to live. So we took our savings and we threw it into paying off of our car because then that got rid of our car note. Um, and then that was some extra money that we could start, you know, putting towards the student loans. But we Smoke knew, loan. yeah, we knew that wasn't going to be enough. We knew we needed to hustle up some more money from other sources. And so that was kind of where the avenue that we took was like, whatever we have to do, we'll do it, you know, um, to try to bring in more money, taking more um, clients. I was on my behalf. Mm -hmm. um, and then Andre picked up some classes, teaching some classes at the, um, the local community college and so um that was the main crux and we had a lot of things that happened that were just kind of like wow you know just unbelievably like we couldn't set that up better ourselves right you know um and um i would also say um part of the reluctancy on my part to kind of go back to the question and tie it to this one they talk about cutting up credit cards. Mm. And for us, or at least for me, I was like, what? Why? I mean, that's like our financial safety net. Why would you do that? And so um, once we put on paper the amount of debt and started strategizing, okay, if we need to cut something, we're going to be cutting expenses here, putting disposable income there, and then cutting the credit cards. She had done it before. I was the one that was like shaking with the scissors in my hand, like, Lord, I don't. I don't know. I'm cutting through the visa logo. There's a problem here, right. and um, but it was it was that kind of okay. We really got to jump all in, and then jumping all in was also like she said, taking that money that we saw was our cushion. Because the same way I looked at the credit card as, hey, some emergency happens, we're good. So was that savings? And like, nope, we need to go ahead and just dump all of that into this uh, this first mountain that we're gonna knock off. And I, and, you know, I mean, like, when I think back, it's all psychological, you know, because, I mean, ultimately, if you got that one credit card, you can go get another one, should you right. You know, but at the time, we're just thinking, like, dang, you know, this is so drastic. Right. You know, I didn't think about, yeah, we could just go open a new <laughs> card if we get an emergency, you know what I mean? Because we're, like, really taking this serious. We're like, no, we're all in. No, we're not using more credit cards, even though when we used them before, we, you know, pay them off. That's why we didn't start with any credit card today. Um, but no more points, you know, no yeah. more traveling on points. Nope. Um, no more um, little rewards from credit cards, all of that stuff. No more <laughs> that. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and when you think about it, like now on the other side, when we go pay cash for stuff, like we just pay for, we just pay cash for our anniversary trip to Seychelles. Nah. Cash. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. is a whole yeah. new feeling. You know, like. <laughs> you negotiate totally different when you got cash. Like, we, we ain't paying that. No, we, we were supposed to go to Bora Bora. We were supposed to go to Bora Bora. And then the time came to pay, you know, yeah. the 
the fee. And he was like, like no, uh, nah. nah. I said, what kind of experience do you want? I said, they got to be more and more. We can go somewhere else and get that. But when you pay cash, it's a different feeling. I mean, even like expending the cash, but then also like after, like the trip is paid. It's right. paid for. We don't owe anybody anything for it. We're not making payments on it. Right. You know, we just know we just need to pack our bags. You know what I'm saying? That's it. So it's definitely a gratifying feeling now. Yeah, that's great. I think the cool thing about, like you said, paying cash is things become more of an inconvenience, but not like, oh, you know, it's it's like sometimes like we were speaking earlier about like if you have a you have an emergency fund and you have to tap into it, it's just like, oh, man, it's an inconvenience as opposed to. A, a tragedy, you know, or something that you have to go into debt to, to get yeah. out of, you know. So that's the beautiful part about it. Yeah. So you guys are paying off all this uh, debt. You're you're in the midst of uh, one thing I admired uh, about you guys is all the side hustles you were picking up, and you spoke mm-hmm. to some of those. So was there ever a time during the journey when you, you kind of like hit a wall, kind of got discouraged, you know, felt like, man, you know, what else can we do? Yeah, at the end. At the very end. At the very end. Um, and making the decision to sell our house. That was yeah. like, how committed are we to this journey? I think selling the real property was a, that was a little thing because that was our first house that we bought. Right. And so raise um, our kids in there, memories. Yeah. I mean. That was that was a sting, but then selling our house at the end was like, our well, we're all in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we were like, well, let's just put it on the market and see what we get for it. You know, if they're if they're not trying to offer something that will get us to the point where we're going to be debt free, then we don't have to make that decision. Right. Until somebody came and made a price, but we're like, okay, okay, you guys stuff. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and they bought our furniture. They were like, I mean, if, I swear, if they could have skinned us, you know, what I mean, they probably would have. <laughs> But that was that was when we hit the wall and we were like, man, you know, like how much longer are we going to be, you know, like grueling like this? Because the, in the beginning, like when you paid that and you talk about it in the book, when you pay off that first, that auto loan, you're like, man, it sucked to, uh, you know, liquidate your savings. But man, we made such a great jump in this journey. And then you have, you know, the accumulation of other side hustles and you start chipping away. And then when you get to the end where your momentum is kind of like slowing down and you're like, okay, you don't want to regret everything you just did for the last 18 plus months. So you have to make this. Because to be honest with you, had we not done that, we would still be on track to being debt free at the end of next year. And at the rate in which our student loans were still accumulating interest, it was like, no, we we have to. At the end of the day, it's a house. We got a place to lay our head that's safe for our kids and our family. And if we need to, we can buy another house and at that, some point. And I think, you know, we're trained to think in scarcity. And I think that's why a lot of people make decisions that they make, like, you know, charging stuff up. It's like the thought that, oh, we sell this house and what are we going to do? Well, we're just going to buy another one. Right. No, like we're going to do it in a way where we're not going to be um, house poor right. and we're not going to be stressing. We're going to be, you know, having peace of mind. That's right. what we're going to do. Right. Yeah, that's amazing. That's, that's amazing that you guys, you know, had enough, uh, uh enough foresight to say hey let's just sell the house and like you said you could you could buy another one uh you could rent you know you could you could mm-hmm. come at it at a, at a different way because you're in a, a brand new mindset yeah so that, that's, that was awesome another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So can you speak to us a little bit about the side hustles um, that you engaged in um, that helped to knock out your debt? Well, let's see. They, we've always been a couple of side hustles. Like there's never a moment where we're not trying to figure out how can we accumulate more wealth for our family. Um, Twalia has had her private law practice for the last, what, 10 years now? Almost. Almost, almost 10 years. And she's also an, uh, an educator. So she's been teaching, you know, university classes, but then really dove into more of the entrepreneurial effort in, in the educational realm. And so um, that was one piece. Uh, for me, you know, the joke is, you know, I'm from the Caribbean. So it's like, you always got a million jobs anyway. So, <laughs> you know, I, I had, I think, four legitimate streams of income was my primary um, income as a project manager. I was an uh, adjunct professor at, at the community college um, in the Air Force. So that was continual income for us. And then the real estate piece was the last bit that kind of helped, mo- I mean, push the momentum forward greatly. Because at some point, like I mentioned before, there's a trade-off of time. Right. What can I do legally to accumulate um, income to help, you know, knock off the remaining debt? And I've always been interested in real estate. And I've always seen that every person of wealth or of affluence that I've ever met in banking, they've always had some pinky toe or foot in mm-hmm. real estate. And so I figured, why not? And that has proven to be more than lucrative uh, endeavor for our family. But those have been, that's the, 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 the side hustles. Awesome. And they still continue on. And that's the thing I think a lot of people have this misnomer. It's like, oh, you're debt free. Now you're just banking it and you're, you can sit back and relax. Like, no, we are now in the rebuilding yes. and the accumulation stage. So we're still feeling like the top ramen budgeting, but we're still trying to make sure we make the money to, to pour into our future. I mean, within reason. I mean, yeah. we're definitely, it's definitely not grueling like it was before. Right. And to see the money not have to go to student loan company, but actually stacking yeah. into your bank account is a whole new yeah. motivation. Sally Mae is out of our pockets. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> but um, it was something, oh, I was going to say this. So I didn't put this in the book, but um, I think back and I probably should have, but I, for, I think I drove Lyft for two days. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I drove Lyft for two days. And um, (laughs) I posted about this on Facebook and that's what it came up in a memory that I was like, dang, I didn't put that in there. But I drove Lyft for like two days. Yeah. And for one, it was good because it got me out the house. Like Andre come home, I would drive. She'd be out. She'd be like backing out of the driveway. I was super excited about it. Um, And then they had, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was this incident that happened in Davis where this guy was um, got robbed. He was driving Uber. And I was like, oh, no, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, I'm good. It was good while I lasted. And we took that money and we put it towards um, Zaya's swim lessons. Oh, yes. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. So it was something. And I did talk about that in the book. Yeah. But yeah. You <laughs> know, I, yeah. <laughs> you know, lift you out of the But just, you know, the, 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 at the end of the day, you just got to do what will work for your family. You know, like some of the things that we did won't work for everybody, but other people have some different skills and talents. You know, I know some people who sell stuff on um, eBay and they're making bank, you know, or, you know, and that's just selling other people's stuff or used stuff or whatever. You know, um, they have this place out here in Sacramento called Falling Prices. Have you guys ever heard of that? 
No, I never haven't heard of that. Okay, so okay. my mom, she's like big on this. You go and what the what the company has done is they buy those crates from Amazon, <laughs> the stuff that people return and Amazon doesn't isn't able to sell it. So yeah. Amazon will sell these huge crates for a flat rate fee. And all you do is you pay for the crate and you pay for shipping. And then, Whatever you know, people, there. yeah, what, they, you don't know what you're going to get. Mystery box. It's a big mystery box, but you can make your money back plus a whole lot more. So wow. there's this place called Falling Prices in Sacramento that does that. And they sell everything for a quarter in there. Everything. Wow. My mom, yeah, she goes and she's bringing us stuff back. She had brought me some legal file folders back. <laughs> <I> <laughs> she was charges. like, oh, I just paid a quarter for these. And I was like, wow. But, you know, some people go there, they buy that stuff, and they buy it for a quarter, and then they turn around and hustle it up and it sell it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So right. whatever works for you. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> whatever you got to do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We definitely try to incorporate as many uh, side hustles as we could when we were paying off our debt. But to hear you guys, you know, the number of different things you guys did is just amazing. Uh, so the best part of the story for me, and well, I know it was for us, the last payment. What was it like? Uh, that last payment. And to say, so, you know what? I mean, did you go in there with all pennies and just kind of slam it down? <laughs> how'd, you, how'd you guys do it? All this Jay, that would've been good. I didn't think about that. <laughs> so, so the the last payment actually happened on our son's uh, second birthday this year, and so we were literally sitting in the living room, and you know, Twali is on the couch working on you know actually the book, and I'm like, hey babe, we can make our last payment, wow. and she says just without any you know flinching, okay, go ahead and do it. Meanwhile. Back to the whole shaking with the credit card coming it up. I'm sitting there like, we're about to pay off everything. Wow. And on our son's birthday, like what better way, I mean, to bring it full circle, like the overall motivation was we have this new child coming into our lives and it's causing a stir on our, on our balance sheet and in our lives. So here we are to commemorate this journey on his birthday. Wow. So once we made that final payment, I was it was like 11.43 at night. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, cool. And it was this feeling of, okay, we're done, but it's still surreal. It wasn't until we got the notice in the mail that says notification of full payment. And wow. to see the loans and to see the zeros yeah. with no commas, no extra zeros, just zero dot zero zero. That to me, I mean, sealed the deal. I was like, we are officially free, like emancipated. Right. Yeah emancipated for real yeah. and that was Andre's student loan my student loan I think we paid off the last payment like probably two weeks before, before that, that. Right. and so I had called in because I wanted to make sure I was like <laughs> what is the exact number right because um, you will be getting that payment right and um, the woman who helped me she was a sister too and she was like oh girl you need to go out and celebrate <laughs> <laughs> if she only knew I don't know if she had my full balance sheet but my student loans alone when we started I think we were like 206 mm -hmm. by myself right. and then we had it was like three I don't remember the exact number I guess I should but um, 380 or something oh, somewhere yeah. around there it's in the yeah. Um, but all together, yeah. But to know that that's all done, all like done. I mean, the next day was a whole new feeling. Like right. we weren't doing anything special, but it just felt different, you know. Right. Like, like oh, we're gonna actually have some more money in our bank account once right. we get paid. It's not going to, you know, a bag with holes in it. Like it's a work. Like I went to work with a total different swag. I mean, it's like nope, nope, no, 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 no. I mean, it was, it was, 
it was a, a feeling where it's like, like I mentioned, it's surreal. But again, it's it's hard to describe. I was joking around with one of my friends, especially being African Americans. You learn about slavery and you hear the history. And I said I could only imagine what it would have felt like to be an actual slave, and for someone to sit there to go on the field and say, "Hey, you ain't got to do that no more. Like you're you're free. Your family is over there. They're waiting for you." And I'm thinking that must have been just mind blowing because if this is how I feel about being financially free, right? Oh, I mean, it's like I said, emancipation is just the best terminology for it. And along those lines, um, I'll add that. So since then. So Andre um, took some time, medical leave, um, a couple mm, in February, mm-hmm. in February, and over that time, he started looking for another job. And knowing that we're debt free, um, oh. it's just like it's a whole new feeling when you're looking for a job because you can be real selective. You don't have to, you know, say, "Oh, I'm going to take this job because it's over here or over there." You can be like, "Oh, no, I don't want to do that" because you right. know you don't have any debt. Right? right? And we, um, he went on some interviews. <laughs> he went on some interviews. Um, and so the, he just accepted a new position. But when they offered him his first, um, the first negotiated salary, we were like, oh, I don't think so. I think we want to be a little bit higher than that. We can counter. We right. can counter. Right. That, you know? uh, <laughs> because he already had a job, but then he didn't have these extra expenses. So if they, you know, weren't playing get, you know, ball, then it was like, okay. Like, right. But you can do that when you're in a position where you're not, you know, taking whatever somebody gives you just right. so that you can maintain your household, you know? And that was something that I feel like came from being debt-free. It increased confidence. Right. So in your in your book, you talk a little bit about giving and sacrificial giving. And can you just share a little bit about um, how you were able to still give while working towards paying off your debt? We, you know, we just kind of use that as um, fuel to know, like, OK, this is seeds. You know, we're not doing this alone. God has already shown that he's in this and that he's blessing this. So we just need to continue to do what we're doing so that way we can continue to be under the covering. Right. You know, um, and that I would say, you know, above all, don't eat your seed, you know. Don't eat your seed. Plant that seed and just let it grow and bloom. So I think that was what motivated us in our giving while we were going through that season. And it's also tempting, because I want to say one point, and I'm not sure if you mentioned this in the book. So... When we paid off, when we sold our rental property and we got the equity from that, and it was a handsome amount, you get so tempted to be distracted to go off your path. So we knew that we're grinding, paying off student loans, and then here comes this lump sum. I mean, this is my second real estate transaction of feeling good. I'm like, ooh, that's actually a balance and not a phone number in the account. Like, it's (laughs) a lot of money. And Again, don't eat your seat because your faith dictates that. Because otherwise, it's a hypocritical process from the jump. And so um, I think giving was also just a natural you know, behavior for us from the beginning. So it wasn't something like we're just learning as we're going through this journey to see, does it actually work? We knew it worked. It was just a matter of when God would just cause that harvest to show up. And I would say to anybody who's thinking about giving, don't wait till you get a whole bunch of money because it, right. it definitely is not <laughs> It's just like weight loss. You don't sit there and say, you know what? Summer's you know, coming you next week. You better start with we'll that, start that $10 off that 100 You right. know what I mean? Because right. if God can't touch you to give $10 off a 100 imagine, you know, we sold we sold our rental property. We sold it for what? 300 395 something like that. 
390. Oh, okay. Somewhere around there, $1,000. Yeah, so, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and being diligent to actually take it to the storehouse. Like, <laughs> don't you make sure that it gets all the way there, you right. know? Like, because <laughs> I mean, it was the kind of money where just like we could just disappear <laughs> and they would never find us, okay? I mean, Sally, man, your mama, no one's gonna find this with this no. kind of money, but you know, reality sets in. It's like, okay, this is. This is the faith walk that we, you know, endeavor to complete. So you got to see it to the end. That's good. We talk about like giving, you know, what you purpose in your heart to give. And you guys had already made that commitment and, and, and yeah. you're not going to change that now just because yeah. you're trying to, you know, uh, pay off this debt. So I think that's amazing. Right. I think that's amazing. So if you guys uh, had to give someone who's thinking about or even, even someone who's in the process of, of paying off their debt, if you had to give them one piece of advice, what would it be? Do you want one each or just one collectively? Yeah, we can do one each. <laughs> stay consistent. You have to stay consistent. I mean, situations are going to develop that you're not going to expect. Things that you um, will plan out that might not mature in the time frame that you want. But at the end of the day, you have to be consistent. It's just like that weight loss analogy that she talks about. You just got to keep doing it because you're not going to see the fruits because you're expecting it to be a, a one one hit a quitter kind of situation. So it's like, and then that's the part where if you remain consistent, then, you know, you continuously persevere. You start chipping away. Even when it's frustrating, I mean, it's not easy. You still keep chipping away because then you realize that last little tink and the overall mountain just falls. You're like, whew, those other 500 million swipes at this thing was all, you know, wasn't done in vain. So just stay consistent with it. I would say don't be afraid to make hard choices. You know, I mean, because if this were easy, everybody would be yeah, doing it, right? Like if it was, if it were easy to live a debt-free life, if it were easy to, um, you know, pay off your loans or not take loans, everybody would be doing it, but they're not. And that's because it's hard and it does take discipline. And so um, I would say that if you were paying off your debt, do some things that were out of, outside of your comfort zone that you wouldn't usually do because that's how you're going to get the results of uh, what you wouldn't usually have. Right. So, yeah. Man, that's great advice. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Well, your story is an, it's inspirational in so many ways. And I know Marcus was telling me that you paid off a million dollars, a million dollars. And I was like, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? A million dollars? Um, in 24 months. I mean, that, that is a huge um, accomplishment. And, you know, thank you so much, you know, for taking time to speak with us today. And then to not only speak with us today, but to put your story in a book. So if there are folks that want to learn more about you, um, where might they be able to purchase your book? Amazon.com. Um, it is on Amazon. It's under Power Moves by Andre and Tolia Jordan. Um, if you know us personally, then you can come get it from us. Um, yeah, we'll, we will sign it. Um, and then we will be having a book um, signing at some point if, when we can figure out between the eight jobs, you know, <laughs> when, to do it. when to do it. But, um, but yeah, and we want to thank you again. Oh, thank you very much because, I mean, just the fact that you guys have this consistent platform and people, you're going to be changing. You are changing people's right. lives, you know, and right. walking it out, you know, especially since you, we didn't have any examples of black people. You no. know what I mean? Like we, we were just like, we know that this is what we want for ourselves. Yeah. And in our family, I don't, I don't know. You know we have, I, I we don't have, and that's the part where I think too. even, 
after this overall journey to know that there's so many other people within our communities. Like you all look like us, you yeah. sound like us, you are within the same age range. And I'm like, that is the narrative that doesn't get exposed very often. What you see is, oh, we're grinding in college in top ramen, we're going to jobs that don't pay well, and then that's it. And so you don't get to hear the happy beginning, middle, and the end of the story. So to know that you all are doing this, I mean, God bless you and just yes. keep grinding away. In any yes. way that we can help support, yes. spread the word, let us know. I mean, we're, yeah. we're down for it. And y'all live right around the corner, so. Right. <laughs> we might run into y'all in Costco, like, hey, what's right. <laughs> Man, absolutely, absolutely. We, we truly appreciate you guys being on. And uh, like Shara said, you guys are like a huge inspiration. I mean, to, to see how much you paid off and just like how you said, to know that there's someone like us that looks like us that were, was able to do it. Uh, we, we often joke about, like when we started this platform after paying off our debt, we didn't know that there were other couples our age, our demographic that were, you know, doing the same thing. So it's really great to connect with you guys and uh, yeah. we're excited. So we really appreciate it. That's all for this episode, everyone. We hope you enjoyed it. Go out and go grab the book, Power Moves. You'll, you won't regret it. All right, so till next time, peace. Take care. Yo, so we hope you guys enjoyed that podcast episode. We hope that we said something that you can take away and apply. We are here to inform and to inspire. So do us a huge favor and rate this particular podcast on whatever platform you're streaming this. Rate this five stars, write great reviews, anything that you can do to help us. We really, truly appreciate it. All right. So for Black Married and Debt Free, this is Marcus Murray signing off until next time. All right. I'll let you guys later. Peace.